Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. On DAB+, online, via the TalkSport app, and on your smart speaker. The Women's Football Show. With Leanne Sanderson. Absolutely first class. On TalkSport 2. Hello, this is the TalkSport Women's Football Show podcast. I'm Leanne Sanderson, bringing you loads of exclusive content. We'll be here every week with the very best of the show. Don't forget you can listen back to the full Women's Football Show via the TalkSport app. This week we're on Monday at 7pm. So swipe for TalkSport 2, find Monday and you can listen full there. This week I was joined by Charlton manager Karen Hills, who's just been crowned Manager of the Month. Yeah, obviously, really pleased uh, to pick up the the award. However, we always talk about it. It's uh, the team behind the team. Um, and obviously, I wouldn't be able to, to collect that award if it wasn't for the team around me and also the players on the pitch. So, no, it's been a really good start to the year. And obviously, long may it continue. And coming up against your former side at the weekend, how does it feel, you know, we've obviously played against each other and we'll get into that a little bit later on. But how does it feel coming up against a, time that, a side that you previously managed? Yeah, it's, uh, we, we ended up playing them, actually, in, um, in a friendly game before, uh, just after Christmas. So we went over to the training ground and, and it's changed so much since, obviously, I was there and made uh, amazing progress. Um, so it was good to go over there. We played them in a, a friendly and, and done well. Obviously, they've got a fantastic team. Um, and then, obviously, to draw them in the FA Cup, it was, uh, yeah, it was an interesting one. Obviously, going to Leighton for the first time. Uh, it was it was good. We're, the girls are confident. We've we've had a really good run, and and to play a top team um, was always going to be a challenge. But at the same time, we was ready for the challenge. And I was looking at like the the cup upset, um, but we we held them. We held out to like seventy six minutes. I think played really really well. Um, had opportunities, but at the end of the day, it was a, a game that obviously just slipped away, and it was small margins. And obviously, Kit Graham, which we all know. Went from Charlton, I took her over to Spurs and then obviously she's been at Spurs for a long period of time and then she steps up and, and scores the, the winning goal. So fair play to her. But yeah, I was really pleased with my team. I thought we um, we matched them. Um, and also, yeah, I was just really pleased with where we are. But now it's just uh, really focusing on back uh, back into the league. And going up against your former side, Tottenham Hotspur, I mean, you were massively, a massive part in their success, you know, then they got into the WSL. You know, how much do you think they've progressed over the years? On and off the pitch? Yeah, I think there's a lot of work that's been done off the pitch um, to get them to where they've got to now. Um, We had, there's a lot more resources. I think the club have completely integrated them. 
Uh, they're obviously at the men's training ground, or the training ground now, as it's called. And they've got their own building, their own identity, and, and rightly so. Um, and now they've got players that are just another calibre of player that obviously I was able to work with. However, I did work with the likes of like Alex Morgan, Shalina, Aria Perseville, players that we bought in, plus the players that we had where we bought through, like the Ashley Nevilles, uh, the Jess Naz, and the Kit Grahams. So lots of... Um, Fantastic, talented players that I had the privilege to work with when I was there. But no, they've they've obviously changed manager, uh, new style. Obviously, the men's team as well have changed manager. So I think the style of football is always wanted to be attractive at Spurs. Um, and yes, good luck to them. And yeah, I think they've progressed really, really well. And now your team, Charlton, currently sitting top of the championship. Two points clear of Sunderland, seven games left. What's been your key messages to your players at this moment in time? Key messages, um, focus on the next game, focus on what we can control. But I've been there, this is the third season, Leanne, and obviously when I took over, it was it was part-time. And we I had a three-year plan to 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 keep us in, in the, the championship to start with. We were then went full-time and we were successful um, in building a team of full-time players and, and full-time staff. I've been able to finish fifth last last year. We got into the quarterfinals, not last year, the year before, against Brighton in the FA Cup. So we're making really good progress. And then this season, it was about retaining the players. And we ma managed to retain 17 players from last year, which knew what we was about, knew the standard, knew what we wanted to try and achieve. And I added a couple of additional players this season, the likes of Kate Longhurst. I'm just going to bring Katie up. She's a big, you know, she's a friend of our show. She's co-presented a number of times last season. How much of a great addition has she been? Yeah, Kate brings a lot of experience, um, a lot of, a lot of um, wealth of experience in the women's game. She's played at many levels. She's been around the game a long, long time. Very humble, um, works really hard, and she is a great asset to, to the young players coming through. She's a, a great role model. Uh, same as Kaylee Green, another experienced player who I think, again, was um, instrumental in, in what we've achieved so far this season. And some of the younger players have really stepped up. Um, and no, we're in a really, really good place, but it's always about what we're doing in, during the week. Um, are we better than what we was last last week? Are we making sure that we're grounded, we're humble, we're working hard for each other? We've got the most competitive squad I've had for th for the last three years and, and every single one of them are fantastic human beings and I enjoy going to work with them every single day. So we've had many of key battles, you know, on the field of play. You played for Charlton, I was at Arsenal, we, it was us, it was Everton, you know, and now you're back there managing the team. How is it to see now the growth of the women's game in this country, having been a player, you know, not long retired, and then now you're back at Charlton where you used to play? I mean, the, the progress must be unbelievable. Yeah, like it was really different in our day when we played. Um, we was obviously working full-time and then, then obviously going over in the evening and, and giving you all for, to play football, and it was a hobby. So I'm really pleased to see where the game's gone to now in terms of more resources being put in, players being able to, to play full-time. Um, that's what the game needs, that's what they deserve. And so, no, I'm really pleased to, to be a part of that. And, and obviously now the modern player, it's very different to, to the player that when, when we was playing. So obviously as a manager, 
I've had to go through my badges. Um, I've made a lot of good decisions and I've also made some mistakes as well along the way and, and that's how we continue to grow as people. Uh, the game keeps revolving and changing tactically. Um, the players' demands are obviously always greater. Women's players always want to know the reasons why we're doing everything, which is always great to know. And they don't just come in and, and, and put their boots on. They're, they're, they're there in in everything that they, they do in terms of wanting to know the ins and outs of everything, which is which is great. And it's always challenging for a manager to be able to deal with that. But it keeps me on my toes. Obviously, I'm just uh, at the moment going through um, my pro licence. So I've just been accepted onto that. So that's another stage for me to continue with my learning, which I think is really important because um, obviously I want to try and be the best I can every single day. And every team, obviously, in the championship is so competitive. We'll touch on a little bit more later and elaborate on that. But, you know, at the beginning of the season, everybody wants to get promoted into the WSL. What kind of plan do Charlton have in place if that happens? Because we've seen this year, you know, with Bristol, every single game is difficult for them to compete financially with the likes of Chelsea, Man City, Aston Villa. So have Charlton got a, what's kind of the plan in place if you do go up? Yeah, the plans are in place. Um, at the end of the day, that's what I set out. My job is to to, to make the team successful on, on the pitch and the the club are supportive. The club want the women's team to back to be back um, in the, the top flight of, of the women's game and they're completely supportive in, in what I'm trying to achieve and obviously with my recruitment this year, uh, that proved that. Um, we made some really good signings for loan uh, during January, we brought in Mel Phyllis and Gracie Pierce, two top, top young players. Um, so the plan's already in place. It's different scenarios because, as you see, there's five teams that that can get promoted. There's only one place to go into the into the WSL, but there's five teams chasing for it, which is so exciting for the championship. And if I'm honest, it's probably been the most competitive league I've seen. Um, and obviously now having two teams with that relegation that's also another pressure on the league but it's exciting a lot of teams are, are really pushing um and charlton are, are in a fantastic place in terms of on the pitch off the pitch um if we go up to the next next league um which is the aim then obviously we're in a position that we can continue to do that you get up there it's it's a, a different ball game altogether you you see the kind of calibre of players that are playing in, in that top league. You see the, the results this weekend. The gap is getting closer. The, the results the, the, the are getting quite shorter. However, the, the calibre of players is to be able to compete like that week in, week out is, is difficult. Um, and you have to bring world-class players in. This year, the Women's Championship has been closer than ever with plenty of teams, including Karen Charlton, involved in the title race. Only two points between the bottom three teams. Earlier today, I spoke to Birmingham City's Christy Harrison-Murray and asked her how life has been at the West Midlands Club. I'm delighted to say joining me on the show is Christy Harrison-Murray. Christy, how are you doing? And it's been a while, my friend. Yeah, I'm good. Thank you. How are you doing? I'm very, very good. So, obviously, I want to start by asking you about the game at the weekend. You played Leicester in the FA Cup. How disappointing were you with that result? You know, pulled it back to 2-2 after going 1-0 up early on and then losing the game, unfortunately, 6-2. What key messages did you learn from that? Um, obviously, proud of obviously our team for how far we've come. Um, it was a good test for us to see where we're at against the WSL team, and I think... It's a tough scoreline, but I think like in terms of our performance, there's there's moments where we can see glimpses of what we're capable of. 
Um, and I think obviously the fine margins are what cost us <clears throat> some of the goals. So I think for us, it's just an opportunity for us to reflect and, and see areas where we can push on now. And you're currently sitting in fifth in the championship, but we've seen this year, you know, how tight the championship just really is. Four points separate you from the top, two points from Sunderland in second. What have you made of the championship this year and what's differentiated it between last year and this year, would you say? Um, I think obviously now there's more teams that are fully professional. Um, every team's getting better. I think you can see now that there's players who maybe haven't been playing in the WSL coming into the championship and adding more quality. And um, yeah, it's getting a lot more competitive, um, which is great. Um, so it's going to be an interesting finish to the season for sure. And what's been the assessment of your team so far this season? Um, I think we've started we started slow um, at, um, at the beginning of the season and I think obviously building into Christmas we got a good run of games um, and we're hoping to push on again the second half of the season now. And how important do you think it is having that core group? You've got yourself, you know, club captain, Jade Moore, Martha Harris. How important is it to have those types of experienced players that have played at the top, that have played for top clubs? Yeah, hugely important. I think it just gives us that like wealth of experience. Obviously, Jade's, Jade's played at the club before. We've got Louise who's Obviously, senior international, we've got a number of internationals at the club now, which hopefully helps us um, when it comes into the big moments and when we need to stand up and obviously show the, the quality that we've got. And your coach, Darren Carter, you know, he's been a full, former male player himself. What's he like as a coach and what are the demands that he has on the team? Um, obviously, Darren's a, a young coach, but he's come in with obviously a fresh kind of look at the game and a good way around people, which is obviously hugely important when you're building obviously a squad of players that you want to play together and, and have a good atmosphere. So he's definitely brought that, but he's got obviously a style of play that he, he feels is best for us and, and obviously looking to push on and compete to, to challenge for the title this year. And you're the captain of Birmingham. What kind of a leader are you on and off the field? Um. I just kind of like to lead by example. Um, I honestly look after myself, um, train as hard as I can and hope to obviously help people get better in and around me. So that's the kind of player that I am. And how difficult is it? We've touched upon it a lot this show on this show this season. How difficult is it to compete with the teams that are in the WSL? Obviously, you played against Leicester at the weekend. But other than that, I thought some of the teams in the championship that played against the WSL teams, you know, had a really good running. But how difficult is it to compete with teams that have really big budgets? We've seen Bristol go up this year and it's hard for them to compete. You know, they've got that hunger, that determination and that fight. But it's almost so difficult when these teams have these big budgets, isn't it? Yeah, I think you can obviously say that there is kind of a separation in the, the WSL in terms of like the top four or five against kind of the, the remaining teams. But I think the gap between all of the teams below that is getting tighter. Um, and you can see with some of the results like um, throughout the season. So I think it's just continuing to improve, obviously, the budgets that other clubs have got and trying to improve the quality of players that um, that are in the squads and just the professional environment, I think, is huge. And I speak about it a lot in this show. I just want to give the championship a little bit more love because I feel like, you know, you're obviously playing in it now, but I still feel like there needs to be more investment, a bit more marketing, because obviously we see the WSL, it's flying, the Lionesses are selling out Wembley. But I think, what do you think needs to be done more in the championship to kind of get more people at the games? Because it reminds me of how, you know, things used to be at Arsenal when I was there back in the day at Boreham Wood and things never used to get really promoted that well. Arsenal did a decent job. But when you look at the attendances in the championship what more do you think can be done marketing wise yeah i think marketing's huge i think obviously you can see the impact that the um the lionesses and everything's had on obviously the wsl and you're hoping that eventually that will drip down obviously into the championship but 
I think for us it's definitely huge, hugely important that there's more visibility of the championship, more games are streamed and shown, um, and then also just encouragement to get more fans and and to seats and to come and watch the games and have positive experiences. And you got Southampton next up in the league, fourth versus fifth in the table. What kind of opposition are they, and how impressed have you been this season with Marianne Spacey's team after they got promoted last year? Yeah, they're a good side. Um, we played them earlier on in the season, and it was a tough, a tough game. And they've obviously had a good run already this season, so it's it's going to be a good game to play in, a competitive one, and one that we're really looking forward to. Okay, Christy, it's something we do on the show every single week. You know, a little bit of fun. It's called Sanderson's Fire Five. I'll say my name properly. Who's the best player that you've played with? Um, briefly, um, Kelly Smith at Arsenal. Okay, same for me. I, I agree with that one. Best player you've played against? Um, Jennifer Marazan with Germany. thought she was amazing in midfield. Okay. And what would you rather, win the Euros or win the Champions League? Oh, um, I think the Euros. Okay, the Euros of Scotland. What's your favourite movie? Um, um, I just recently watched, uh, rewatched Miss Congeniality. It's probably up there with one of my favourites. Only recently watched it. It's one of the absolute classics. It's so good, oh, no, isn't I, it? I mean, rewatched it. <laughs> oh, I was gonna say. <laughs> and what's your favourite holiday destination? Uh, definitely, definitely Bali. Went there in the summer on my honeymoon. It was amazing. Amazing. Well, Christy, thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate it and good luck for the rest of the season. Thanks, Leanne. Take care. So, Karen, Birmingham are currently sitting in fifth in the table. How competitive has this championship been this year? Yeah, 100%. It's, um, it's probably been the most competitive. Um, I've seen it. Uh, it's exciting. Every game is a, is a challenge. Every game you go into, you have to be... Uh, absolute best there's no game that is a given um you see last week we played lewis who are obviously fighting for a different thing within the league they're fighting for relegation and 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 they give you different challenges and we as a as charlton we just need to make sure that we fully prepare fully go into each game as as we can and um, with that winning mentality but every single team is is doing exactly the same week in, week out, and, and that's why it's so close and exciting. And that leads me to my next question. Which team has been the hardest team to play against this year in the league and why? Well, it's been an interesting one. Um, every team is has been a challenge. There's not been um, much between either team uh, that we've played, but I think the biggest one um, that comes to my mind is the, the game that we've lost. We, we played against Watford and at the start of the season, and... And they was unbelievable in the first half and, and they, they was 3-0 up at half-time. And, and it was a bit of a, a shell shock moment for us that we had to sort of regroup and, and come out. And unfortunately, we, we didn't manage to, to get anything from the game. We managed to score two goals, but they beat us 3-2. And that's the, the only game that we've lost in the championship so far this season. And we look at other teams like Sunderland finishing 11th last year, now battling it out at the top with you guys. What do you think has been the biggest turnaround for Mel Ray? Recruitment. Um, and stability from from obviously the club. Uh, Mel's a fantastic coach person. She's got a great team around her. She's her recruitment of players has been excellent, and and I'm sure that they will continue to keep striving in a really positive direction. Now Crystal Palace are currently sitting in third, three points off the top. They have one game in hand with Crystal Palace. Laura Kaminsky is doing an amazing job. Hills, you had her at Tottenham Hotspur. You had her at Charlton. How impressed have you been by Laura Kaminsky and Crystal Palace this season? 
Yeah, Laura's done an unbelievable job. I think this season for them, um, they've brought in a couple of new new additions, but they had a good foundation and to work with. Uh, they're over, obviously, a lot more resources available to them now. But she's got them playing in and believing, and I think they're enjoying their football, and, and it shows on the pitch. And you touched upon it before, you know, the lone players in the championship. We're seeing a lot of players from the WSL that are not getting many minutes that are coming down to the championship. Lexi Potter, Araya Dennis, you know, those types of players. And you touched upon the players that you signed as well. How impactful do you think those players can be and how valuable is that experience playing in the championship because it is competitive and when they go back to their teams? Yeah, it's really important for these younger players to, to be exposed to game time. Um, I think you find, and also from a national team point of view, you look at the, the 23 team, um, a lot of the players are probably sitting on benches for the WSL and, and they're not getting exposed to, to making decisions in, in game situations. And, and I always say, like, you're better off as a, as a manager as well and a coach is to do your work on the grass. It's the same as the players make sure you're trying to play as many minutes as, as you possibly can because then you, you make those decisions, you make good mistakes, bad mistakes and, and you you learn from them. But if you're, if you're not playing in those games, you, you can't see it. So I, I always think that it's so valuable for those younger players to, to be able to play week in, week out, if possible, to, to experience the, those moments, especially in the championship, because it's pressured moments. Like, are you going for titles or are you fighting for relegation? To have those feelings and emotions as a player is just as important as... Um, to be able to play as well. Yeah, and I think the championship is really valuable in that because I don't think enough teams in the WSL, I think they tend to go overseas and, you know, bring in players from Europe as opposed to kind of have homegrown players and kind of develop them. I think we've seen that at Chelsea. They do it throughout the years. You know, when they need a centre-forward, Aguiviva Jones is there and then they go and get, you know, Mario Ramirez, which I'm not saying they're in the same league, but maybe give the younger players an opportunity. And my next question is about London City Lionessi is obviously Carolina Moraes last week ends up getting, you know, sacked the same day as their game gets postponed. London City Lionesses looked like they're in a good place last year. Now they're in a relegation battle. What do you make of all what's been going on there? Yeah, it's always a hard one to look from the outside to know what's going on. Um, they've got unbelievable players over there. They've signed some fantastic players to, to definitely be able to compete in the in the championship. Obviously, the coach, I'm, I'm not really... I don't know a lot about her. Um, I met her on the sideline when we played her. Seemed a really nice person. Knew obviously knows her stuff, been around the game for a long, long time. So, yeah, I'm not really sure what that looks like. Maybe they're in a, a bit of a transition. Obviously, with the, what happened last season, I think you're always... The expectation is you're in a great place and then if you lose a lot of the calibre of players that they did and then you have to bring in new players again, then it's always about rebuilding and it takes a little bit of time, especially to get the manager's ideas across to new players. So I guess it just took takes a little bit of time and unfortunately in the Championship, you haven't got that sort of time so you need to get results. It's a result-driven business and unfortunately, they're obviously in a position where... I guess the the club needed to make changes um, for whatever reason, but obviously I wish her all the best. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 
36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too. Like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. In yet another exciting competition, the draw for the quarterfinals of the Women's Champions League took place last week. I caught up with Design reporter Alex Herbaceta to find out what she makes of these fixtures. It was funny, the reactions of obviously the quote-unquote smaller teams when they drew against, you know, the PSGs, the Leons, the, the Barcelonas. Um, was quite funny, but I think, you know, you, you look at it and you see the smaller teams versus the bigger teams. Essentially, is a separation that everyone has initially. But you look at this Champions League overall and the way that it's been progressing... Uh, you you kind of have to stay away from that mindset. Obviously, we saw Brand, you know, draw with Leon. Um, we've saw Paris FC knock out Wolfsburg, knock out Arsenal. So I think, you know, the the underdog story is still quite strong, but it's it's anything but easy for these big teams now. Yeah. So let's go over this tie just in case people are not aware. It's SK Brand versus Barcelona, Hecken versus Paris Saint Germain, Ajax versus Chelsea, Benfica versus Leon. The first legs are March 19th. Now, for me, we obviously know that teams that are played against each other in the same group cannot be drawn against each other. There's the seeded and the unseeded. So I think a lot of people that weren't aware of that were hoping that, you know, a Hecken might draw a team like an Ajax or something like that, but that wasn't even possible. So I think for me, I don't know if you agree with this, Alex, the Hecken versus Paris Saint-Germain draw. Now, I know they played each other last year. I think there could be a potential. That's the only game that I see being a potential shock. Yeah, it's definitely going to be an interesting one. Um, my the second one I had in mind as well with I was Ajax Chelsea, but ooh, elaborate, I, I think, elaborate. I know, I know, because I, I mean, you you've seen Ajax, you know, against these bigger teams, they they beat PSG, you know, they drew against Bayern, they beat Bayern, um, you know, they're not a team to to kind of underestimate. But the thing with Ajax is that obviously. They play in the Dutch league and it's not to the same level as say, you know, the WSL. It's WSL is quite demanding, and we all know that Chelsea players have that mentality to get things over the line. Um, and I don't know if Ajax can match up to that mentality more than anything, especially over two legs. If this was if this was a one-off game, I think I would go for Ajax, if I'm being quite honest. Um, but over two legs is where Chelsea has the I mean, just an absolutely ridiculous advantage because Chelsea can kind of, you know turn out the game over to loads, especially because, you know, play at Stamford Bridge as well is quite big. Obviously, Ajax's home advantage is quite big, but Ajax are a team that can pull out a good win, but I don't think they can be as consistent over essentially 120 minutes, sort of say, you know, for a, 
over two legs essentially and i'll have to do that without their you know stallball sheridan spitzo picks up that yellow card so she misses this game as well how big of a yep. miss do you think she'll be to this game and the team oh absolutely massive she's massive i think she's you know the pillar of this ajax team um captain you know center back she is you know the the start and ending of of this entire ajax team as a senior player um her leadership is everything but i think I don't think she contributes much to Ajax's dangers. Um, when you look at Ioannis, uh, when you look at Chastity Grant, you know, all these younger players are the ones that are pulling the Ajax's threat, if that sort of say. So Chirias Pita, I think, will be definitely a big miss, but I don't think it will be as big of a miss as people think. Um, obviously, you need the leadership out the back, but I think these younger players, especially now getting the momentum from the group stage into the quarterfinal, um, I think they'll be fine. And Chediet Spita obviously is still going to be part of, you know, the dressing room and the bench and everything. So I think uh, she'll be a mess on the pitch, but mentally, I think she's still going to be around. Yeah, and the next draw that I want to talk about is Benfica versus Leon. Now, obviously, Benfica's journey throughout this tournament has been quite incredible. I was at the game where they lost 5-0 back in November against Barcelona, and then they go and tie, you know, 4-4 in the last uh, round of group games. Talk to me about Elidou how good she has been in the Champions oh. League, Jessica Silva. And, and where do you think, I mean, it's, it's hard to see past Leon and Barcelona in this tournament, but could we see Benfica really pushing Leon at this point? I could talk about Ali Du probably for the rest of this of this <laughs> conversation. Um, she's been absolutely brilliant. Um, I think one of the goals that stood out for me was a goal that scored, scored against Eintracht. Um, that was an absolutely brilliant finish. Um, I think the the confidence that Benfica have been building throughout the group stage has been quite relevant. As you see, you know, they started off the group stage against Barcelona where they lost 5-0 and they ended up, you know, finishing the group stage drawing 4-4 with Barcelona. And um, so I think that kind of growth into the Champions League was quite big. Um, they obviously beat Eintracht at home. And from there, you know, that, that again, that confidence kind of built. So I think it depends on that momentum that they bring in, obviously Kika Nazari is also a big name for them. Um, that is, you know, questionable for for these quarterfinals, but between Ali Du and Jessica Silva, you know, she's she had a bit of a she wasn't always present throughout the group stage, but obviously showed up when it mattered in in the last last day against Barcelona. But Benfica are definitely not one to be underestimated. I think the way that they play, they know their strengths. They obviously play a three in the back. Um, their defensive line is is quite solid. You know, it's hard to say that when you know Barcelona scored five, but I think we all know that when Barcelona scores against you, that's just um, it's inevitable sometimes. Um, but no, Benfica are definitely one to see. I just I don't know how they would match up entirely to again those two legs is where it kills a lot of these teams. Um, again, you know, a one-off match, you play defensively, you get the counter-attack goals, you get a good goal and you're able to kind of protect the match a lot easier than over two legs. But say you get Leon again, and, you know, another mental like mentality monster that's going to just crush over Benfica if Benfica can't really keep it up. Um, but again, I think every single, you know, smaller team, quote-unquote, has the ability to to get past these big teams. And obviously last Tuesday, they did the draw for the semi-final as well. So we know that SK Brand or Barcelona will play Ajax or Chelsea, Benfica or Leon will play Hecken or PSG. Now, Emma Hayes was quite reluctant to say about beating Ajax already in a press conference and those types of things. But how much do you think it's in the back of the players' minds? They know that if they win this, they'll play against Barcelona, the Chelsea side will, the same as they did in the last semi-final last year. 
Oh, I think it's definitely a big, you know, obviously the, the big motivation is to give Emma Hayes the one trophy that she's missing in her, in her trophy cabinet, essentially. Um, and playing against Barcelona, you know, they've they've lost uh, twice now against Barcelona, once in the final, once in the semi-final. So there's there's that grudge. And we've seen that grudge before with Chelsea against Wolfsburg, against Atletico de Madrid. And they've gotten over the line, particularly Wolfsburg was hard to get over the line. And they finally did a couple of years ago. So that grudge is definitely going to be there. Um, you know, we can talk once it gets to, to Chelsea, Barcelona, we can talk about the chances of them actually beating Barcelona, but it's definitely going to be in the back of the players' minds. Um, I think it's going to be one of the biggest motivating factors to to be able to play Barcelona and get the better of them um, for these mentality monsters. And that's where I think Ajax won't be able to keep up. And finally, we had two big sets of cup games to break down as we look back on the fifth round of the FA Cup and the quarterfinals of the Conti Cup. There may not have been any WSL football for us to get stuck into this week, but we've been treated to not one, but two rounds of cup competitions instead. Both the fifth round of the FA Cup and the Conti Cup quarterfinals took place. We were given a staggering 29 goals across the week. Despite some nervy moments for the top flight teams, it will be an all WSL affair in the FA Cup quarterfinals. But there's one WSL side who will be noticeably absent from this competition, and that is Arsenal. They may have won it 14 times before, but there'll be no glory at Wembley for Arsenal this year. The Gunners exit the FA Cup at this stage for the second year in a row after their 1-0 loss to Man City. Lyre Alexandri's 74th minute strike proved the winner and Jonas Eideval's hopes of silverware are getting smaller and smaller. But City, now undefeated in 10 games, are through. That's alongside the likes of Leicester, Spurs, Chelsea, Liverpool and Man United who all defeated their championship opponents. The lowest ranked side in the round, Wolves, put on a display to be proud of against Brighton, but a stunning eight-minute hat-trick from Emma Kulberg saw the Seagulls prevail in the end with a 4-1 win. Third-tier Nottingham Forest also suffered a heavy defeat after Everton put seven past them, although Forest did manage to break the Toffees' defence once to get on the scoreboard. Lots to look forward to in the FA Cup quarterfinals then, but can anyone stop defending champions Chelsea? Meanwhile, three teams have also booked their place in the semi-finals of the Continental Tyres League Cup. Last year's runners-up Chelsea cruised past Sunderland. Lioness Fran Kirby picked up a brace as the Blues put five past the championship side. They'll now face Man City in a mouth-watering clash after Gareth Taylor's side dispatched Tottenham thanks to a stunning Yui Hasegawa long-range strike. Aston Villa needed penalties and some spectacular heroics from keeper Daphne van Domselaar to defeat Brighton, but they'll have to wait to discover their semi-final opponents. It'll either be Arsenal or the London City Lionesses. That game will take place on Wednesday, having been postponed due to a waterlogged pitch, but London City Lionesses will likely still be without a manager for that match. They sacked Carolina Moraes at the exact moment their game against Arsenal was supposed to be taking place. And the stakes will be high for the Gunners. They'll be looking to avoid a third straight defeat. They might be the Conti Cup defending champions, but they've got work to do if they want to regain that trophy this year. And with Giants, Chelsea and Man City storming through the rounds too, Arsenal could well find that a record that's seen them win just one trophy in five years is about to get even worse. Thank you, Uma, for that lovely update. Now, here was the obviously, there's so much football. What a dream come true. Conti Cup, FA Cup, no WSL action this weekend, but I want to get your thoughts and your expertise on what you've made of the league this year. And obviously, it's so hard to see past Chelsea, but Manchester City, are they really going to push Chelsea all the way, do you think? 
Well, looking at their current form, why not? Um, they're in a great place. Um, when you win games, it's that momentum. And, and they've definitely got that momentum behind them. And obviously winning this weekend in the FA Cup to take them into the latter stages, that's, uh, that's what they want. Um, they're obviously doing really well in the league. So I think, yeah, it's, a, it's an opportunity for, for them to keep putting the pressure on Chelsea. So you just mentioned it there, Man City win over Arsenal in the FA Cup. Arsenal are out there. That's two back-to-back losses for Arsenal after losing last week to West Ham. Did that one surprise you? And Emma Byrne was on our show last week and she actually said that she felt like Manchester City are the best footballing team in the league. And I, and I find that hard to believe based upon the fact that Chelsea have won it you know, three times in a row. But what did you make of yesterday's result? Yeah, I, I actually watched the game and... Um... I thought it was a, a well-contested game. It, it took some unbelievable saves from from the Man City keeper, uh, especially the one right at the very end. But um, no, they they deserve winners. And, and like I said, it's it's sometimes it's the momentum and that belief, uh, especially to go to Borehamwood. Arsenal had a full house down there, a lot of support for them. But Man City stuck to what they needed to stick to, and, and I thought they they come out worthy winners. And we saw this weekend, you know, plenty of WSL teams going up against championship teams. You went up against your former team, Tottenham Hotspur. Um, how big do you think the gap is between the championship and the WSL? The gap is, um, would we say, closing. I think championship teams now are are fitter than what they ever have been. I think the resources um, for more teams to be full-time. So that gap's definitely closing. Quality of player... Um, we're obviously seeing a lot more WSL players come down into the championship, which is making it more competitive. I think the results showed yesterday. You look at Crystal Palace up against Chelsea. Um, we're doing a lot of defending. Um, it's just then what you do when you have the ball, and, and I think that's the difference. So you can hold out for as long as you can, and from a defensive point of view, in a, a mid or a low block, with playing five or four at the back, uh, but it only takes a one bit of uh, magic, and those are the small margins. So I'd say... Yeah, the gap is definitely closing in terms of being able to be resilient in, in your defending and also the goalkeepers are doing unbelievably well. But at the same time, to go and win against these these teams, you, you're going to need to be a little bit braver as well when you have the ball. Do you think ultimately, because both Emma Byrne and Farrah Williams, we were talking a lot on the show in previous weeks about financially, it's very difficult. We've seen Bristol go up this year and it's very difficult for them to compete with the likes of Chelsea. I mean, they've got heart, they've got that fight, they've got that desire, but it is quite difficult, isn't it? I think we're seeing in the WSL, it's almost like a Super League within a Super League. We saw Aston Villa last year come fifth get a little bit close, but other than that, it's quite difficult, isn't it? Because financially, how can these teams attract the big players when they don't have the budgets that a Chelsea or a Manchester City does? I think it's the the expectation of the the club, um, and obviously, I've had the privilege to to take Spurs up to the WSL and the expectation was to to build on what we'd already built on and bring in some additional players and, and then obviously to try and stay in the league. That's your first aim, to try and stay in that league. And then you build again. It's the same as what Liverpool did with Matt Beard. He, he come out of the championship a few seasons ago. He stayed in the league and he's built again. And then obviously this year he's brought in some players to take him to a next level. So I think sometimes you have to be patient with the process of building your squad and your team. Um, but obviously there's some teams at the top who've, who've got um, the ex or the, the experience and, and the money, I guess, to, to bring in the, the top, top, top players. And those sometimes are the difference. Yeah, and obviously we've seen it in the WSL as well last season. I remember West Ham went up 1-0 
against Chelsea at King's Meadow and then they can bring on, you know, Jesse Fleming, Sam Kerr was on the bench and those types of things. I just don't... I think it's quite difficult to compete. But I think ultimately, you know, a lot of the players, now that you mentioned it before, your players are full-time now. Correct. So... Talk to me a little bit about the difference between... Because not many people know that in the women's game, only in the last two or three years have players gone full-time. And that's even including the WSL. You know, when we played, we used to... You know, I was in school and then used to go to work. A lot of our teammates would train at 10 o'clock at night. So talk to me a little bit about how impactful that can be when you have players that are full-time and can solely focus on being footballers. Yeah, it's huge. Um, it just gives them... Uh an emphasis on being able to be the best they can and have the resources around them and and obviously to empower the younger generation as well. Now you're seeing a lot younger players being able to have accessibility to, to different um, resources to be the best they can and, and that's only going to improve the game over the, the coming years because there's players now... Well, young players in schools being able to access access football, which is unbelievable. I, I was never allowed to play even in schools. So to see that, and you will see the, the rewards further down the line, but at the top of the game, you've got a, a league now that's completely full-time. You've got a league underneath, which is a women's championship, which is now um, nearly full-time. And I do believe it will probably be full-time in the next 12, 24 months. That's only going to then keep keep the um, the pyramid in a really good place. And the teams underneath, you now seen that they've taken out the, the playoff game in, in Tier 3. So now there's two teams coming up and two teams going down from the championship. So the, the pyramid is in, is in a good place. And, and obviously the top two leagues at this moment in time are, are striving. And, and I think it's... Um, a great thing for young English players, talented players, to to have a dream, and now it's um now it's a reality that they can be a full time professional footballer. Yeah, definitely. I think it's made a difference for the Lionesses as well. I mean, when the US Women's National Team used to beat us in Germany and those types of teams, they were full time. You know, when we won the quadruple, Umea in the Champions League final, they were full time, and we were semi pro. So you know, but I want to touch upon you know you obviously played at the highest level. How much do you draw on your experience as a player now that you're in coaching and managing players? Because you touched upon it before, you know, female players want to know everything. They want to know the answers. So how do you draw on those experiences because you've been a player yourself? I think I, I, I draw on the, the, the big moments that I have. I've had good moments and, and moments where I've scored an own goal in, in a cup final on, on my birthday. And I, I always remember it looking back and Pauline Cope still actually uh, texts me now and again to, to remind me. But those moments of frustration and disappointment always will stick with you. But at the same time, you've got to just, you've got to take the highs and lows as, as being a football player and, and not dwell on it and just keep moving forward and, and keep learning. That's all for today. Thanks so much for joining us. And I'll be back next week for another instalment of the Women's Football Show, where we'll bring you the best of the huge WSL weekend, including the top of the table clash between Chelsea and Manchester City. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work.